Touchstone Pictures presents Paul Newman, Tom Cruise, in a Martin Scorsese picture, The Color of Money. We're going to have a lot of fun. Rated R. Starts October 17th at a theater near you. Check newspaper. What's up, everybody? I'm Nolan. Stacy Glover. Melanie Daniels. And you're listening to Cinema Parlor, the dog days of summer, they say. And it is hot here in Midwest Missouri. I'm done with summer. I hate summer. I despise summer. We're almost done. First and foremost, Melanie, what are we drinking today? Well, as you know, we're not actually drinking anything. Well, Stacy has a drink, but I... I'm drinking Jim Beam. Yeah. What I would recommend, and I tried to find this. I was unable to, which is why we're not drinking anything today. But I tried to find uh, JTS Brown Bourbon, which is what Fast Eddie drinks in both films. Yeah. I couldn't find it. It's still in production. So if you can get a bottle, that's what I'd recommend washing down these films with. Or Wild Turkey, which is mm, a, yeah. plays a big role in this film. So I would say you can't go wrong with Wild Turkey, JTS Brown, or if you can find it, White Horse. Yeah, it's yeah. White Horse. Mm-hmm. White Tavern is what yeah. Gleason's drinking in the film. But what you actually would drink, it's from the book, is yes. White Horse Scotch. So that's what I would recommend. Since we haven't done this in a bit, uh, what have we been up to? Finished Tears of the Kingdom. It's very good. What are you playing now? Going back, playing Mortal Kombat 11 before the new one comes out. I never played the uh, DLC uh, story stuff for it. Started playing Hogwarts. It starts really slow, but it's okay. My guy, he's a big dork. What's his name? Seymour Butts. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) That game, it's pretty cool. Uh, Melanie, what have you been up to? I'm still playing Fallout. Is this number four? Four. Four, Fallout okay. Four. So last night I was playing after Dungeons and Dragons. So it was rather, you know, it was later. You go into compounds, you're constantly clearing out stuff on mm-hmm. a mission for somebody. It's standard. Well, I'm in an area right now where there's just tons of super mutant camps, which are, oh, man. they kind of look like giant orcs. My companion that's traveling with me, his name's Strong. Nice. He's an orc, okay. super mutant. Oh, man. That is my friend. Last night, I was in kind of, I forget what it's called in the game, but it's a factory. And it was really, really dark. That game's dark. I was going around and it was quiet. And I just have that old time diamond radio playing. And Strong, it's a Bethesda game. So they'll like be stuck in another area and you're just walking around alone. Right. Was down like crouched looking around a thing. And I hear something behind me and I turn. Strong, who I f- forgot was with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, super mutant. I got to kill him. So I like start yeah. shooting at him. And he's <laughs> like, human strong. Here's meat. Make you stronger. <laughs> And I jumped so hard. It was stupid. That's I felt funny. very dumb. <laughs> Overall, how do you think Strong feels about having to take out his own kind? He loves it. Okay. It's weird. He'll tell you about it. And the, another weird thing about him, you get a little notification whenever you do something your companions don't like up in your top left corner. And every time I lockpick, it's like Strong didn't like that. And every time I help somebody, Strong didn't like that. <laughs> how, what do I do to make him like me? Because everyone else that travels with me is like, you're my best friend. Uh-huh. He hates me. And you have to become a cannibal. He loves it whenever you eat flesh in front of him. (laughs) That sounds great. I don't know. That game, again, it's just glitching. I'm not going to talk about it a bunch. But I am compelled to continue playing it to to completion. But it is not very good. I hear the next one's supposed to be, the next game that's coming out is supposed to be good. So I'll play it. Sure. Respect your fortitude. What have you been playing? I've been playing Diablo 4. I'm playing as a necromancer. And uh, 
My character is uh, all about bone spears and blowing up bodies. And so. that one is, oh wait, that's that's the newest one, right? That's the newest one, yes. It's Diablo 3 where you're like, is it the witch doctor is kind of the necromancer? They actually, so that was the original and then they did like an expansion pack that uh -huh. added the necromancer oh, okay. character on that. And this is, this one is very similar to that same build, but there's way different more ways you can build it in yeah. this one. So a lot of people will do like the companion build with the necromancer and have like skeletons and golem or something like that. I do like that and stuff. That's really yeah. fun. I've decided to go in this different route. I feel pretty fulfilled with it. I, I like it, so like it's that. good. Uh, I've also been playing Binding of Isaac, which I've played in before in the past, but I'm getting back into it, and it's a difficult game, but I there's something about it that I just really enjoy, whether it be the stupidity of it all, or it's kind of creepy at the same time, even though you're just, like, killing poop monsters and... I don't know. It, it, have you it, killed mother? Or I've killed mother. And the, what's what's great about the game is if you beat it, you can keep on beating it. And as you do, more things will open up. I've made it to a thing called Mom's Heart, and I've beat it six times. And I think if I beat it ten times, it opens up a, another level to the game. So I'm trying to get there. But uh, fun game. Uh, there's been a lot of add-ons in the last number of years. So, But uh, I've been back on the Jess Franco train, still trying to get through his 60s and early 70s stuff. And uh, just a couple I'll say, I watched uh, She Killed in Ecstasy from 1971, uh, starring the just gorgeous Soledad Miranda, who died way too early in life. Yeah, great movie. I would highly recommend that one. And then uh, another one also had Soledad Miranda, but as a real small role called Nightmares Come at Night, and that came out in 1970. Anyway, that's got more of the dreamy Franco and uh, not a lot of plot, just people in rooms doing their thing, but I enjoyed it. And then a couple new movies. I watched Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, which I enjoyed. Oppenheimer, I also saw and, and loved. And then something I watched that I did not care for that much uh, a couple days ago was Talk to Me, the new A24, which I know oh. a lot of people have liked. Yeah, uh, I really want to see it. I would still recommend anybody watching it. Uh, a lot of people loved it. Just uh, for me, it was kind of going over many of the same tropes they've been doing, um, grief and... Does it do that music thing? I mean, always. And... Um, to me, uh, Hereditary is a big influence on this movie, and I love—I I really liked Hereditary, but I I'm just kind of getting to the point where those type of movies aren't doing anything for me anymore. The filmmaking wasn't awful, it's just it wasn't formally interesting and... Didn't capture it. I, I didn't do anything for me, yeah. so props to those who liked it, just didn't really dig it. Mission Impossible, so I liked it. The story just was so underwhelming Yeah, to it's me. not very compelling. I loved watching everybody's movement on screen. But I did not care. I just did not care for that story. Sure. I was so underwhelmed. Yep. No, I get that. It's, it's, um, I feel like they did my Rebecca Ferguson dirty. Oh my God. I don't even want to get started on that. We won't spoil it. I but will I'm just say saying, like, that was, yeah. I, I definitely, definitely no fallout. No, no, uh, no, no. Not, yeah. not there. But, um, for me, it was probably my third or fourth favorite in the series. I, I actually dug it quite a bit, but I did have some issues yeah. with it that popped up here and there. But I enjoyed myself watching it. I think for me, like, I like it, but I think that whole series is really good. But I would put it, like, right above Mission Impossible 2. The last run of movies has been so good, and this was kind of a disappointment. The thing about it is the stories in the last couple of movies have been so tight. I'm so into where they were going. So for this one, where it, I wasn't immediately out, and I love the addition of Haley Atwell. I think she's gorgeous. I love her. But it was just like, man. It feels like a letdown after the crescendo of Rogue Nation and Fallout. Yeah. 
I think the Sean Harris character adds a lot, like giving Ethan a big bad. Mm-hmm. I think that the AI being the big bad and then like its subordinate being an agent that's supposed to be important, but we've never seen him before in Ever, the series. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't like the visualization of the AI because I, I feel like it's like this very movie thing that it's the night. There's not scene. a face to it. So you have to put something to it. Yeah. The nightclub scene. Do you remember that Nolan? Whenever sure. they're like in the nightclub and then like, thanks Hal. It just shows that the led screens <laughs> was like, stop. I laughed so hard. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing positive I'll say about, um, just the, the, well, not the story, but the character is uh, Ethan Hunt's character here. I, I really found his emotional arc interesting in this movie, and I'm interested to see how they do it in the second part. We get some backstory on him and then a certain character yeah. that happens midway through. And uh, I don't know. I, I felt like that really guided me through the movie. That's That story, what's going on with, with his... Yeah, just, just his love life, but also his the emotional toll things have taken on him up to this point. So for me, that was something I really liked about it. I also found Ving Rhames leaves the movie too early. I really needed Luther to explain what was happening or repeating other characters' dialogue. That is something people need to know on a rewatch of those films, and I highly recommend it because those, one, they're just fun. Mm -hmm. Luther explaining things is my favorite part of Mission Impossible, only second to the action. And yeah, there's not enough Luther. You know, I really needed in that third (laughs) act, like, Ethan, that train is going to derail. (laughs) Like, yeah, no shit. (laughs) I'm on it. He can't do any wrong, Luther. Yeah, Luther's awesome. I love 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 Luther. Well, with uh, all that being said, are we ready to get into the movie for today? Another Tom Cruise picture. Another Tom Cruise. Let's let's talk some Tom Cruise. Stacy, this was your pick, correct? For today, yes. We are going to be talking about 1986's *The Color of Money*, directed by Martin Scorsese. Stacy, tell us uh, why you wanted to pick this and well, why you want to bring it to the table here. I like this movie a lot. It's one that I first watched a few years ago when I went through all of Scorsese's films. It's one that I think about a lot. I think it's got a very good Paul Newman performance. I think it's really interesting, especially with what's popular in film now. I mean, you could see this as the first legacy sequel. I also, just the concept of Scorsese working for hire, kind of doing a sports movie, doing a pop film, Doing a dad movie. Yeah. Like, I really dig that. Also, it's Martin Scorsese. It's one of the best living filmmakers, if not best filmmakers just in general. And, you know, we should probably do Martin Scorsese films at some point, uh, even though you're so reluctant to do it, Nolan. Uh, I like savoring my favorites. What can I say? Actually, we did a little bit of a a dive into this. So before we watched Color of Money, about, a, you know, a couple weeks ago, we watched uh, The Hustler. And I'd never seen that. You both suggested, hey, you should probably watch this before we do this. And I was like, good call. And so we all watched it together. And uh, very, very pleasant movie. Uh, Do you like The Hustler? Did, yeah. I wouldn't say it's pleasant. I know what you mean. Sure. (laughs) It's like kind of a harrowing. It's a bit depressing, sure. But uh, pleasant as far as in my uh, entertainment. I I was really entertained. I loved it. Uh, It was a great movie. It's a good movie to look at. Mm -hmm. It's too long. Piper Laurie is amazing in it. Yeah. All the supporting actors are phenomenal. Jackie, I mean, I mean, Jackie Gleason, George C. Scott, the first 40 minutes of that movie is, it's breathtaking that the first match between 
Minnesota Fats and Fast Eddie. That is very compelling stuff. Them playing for was it like 36 hours straight? And there's just something about right. mm-hmm. about guys and it's it's the black and white, it's the drama, it's the shadows, but the just the balls clacking together and it's mm-hmm. the long arduous match that they're going through. Oh, it's so good. Nobody wanted to give in. Great movie. I mean, like I said, kind of the I won't say what happens at the ending, but the ending definitely took a turn that I wasn't quite expecting. It's a gut punch. Yep. And it works. And I think what's really cool about this film, they had bones to go off of with the book. They did something else with it. And I think they take the character into an interesting, it's not where you expected Fast Eddie to go after the first film. Yeah. I think it's very interesting. Oh, and that's, Normally I read the books for all the episodes that we cover. I didn't, I've never read either of these novels, okay. so I've never read The Hustler or Color of Money. But from my understanding, the books are pretty different, especially Color of Money. It's a totally different thing. Okay. Yeah, the Color of Money book is a, I think it's a road book, but with uh, Eddie and Minnesota Fats like going on a tour. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Okay. That sounds pretty interesting. I'd be down to see that. <laughs> Let's make a middle movie. Would you be interested? And this is like way we haven't talked about any of this, sure. but would you be interested in Tom Cruise now at his age going back and doing another Vincent film? Yeah, why not? You would you'd be into it. I liked I liked his characterization here and just obviously, you know, he's going to be a lot older, but he's such a smug, young, full dumb, of. Full yeah, of calm. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, exactly. Geez. Yeah. And. And I, I like it a lot. So, yeah, I, I would be interested to see what, what happened with this character. I understand the concept. I don't think Tom Cruise is capable. I mean, Tom Cruise is 62 and still jumping off of mountains. I know. Like, he would have to be. We'd have to wait until he's 80. The, the whole thing about Fast Eddie. like <laughs> For and, anybody to be sympathetic towards him. Well, yeah. just like Newman in the 80s. It, it is like old man energy it's, in all of his roles. It's old. It's like smoky bourbon old man energy. It's so good. Oh, he's incredibly sexy. So good. For my money, I think Color of Money is the coolest that Paul Newman's been in a movie. I think he's very cool. Even the, again, jump in the gun, but even whenever he has the moment where he kind of like does the breakdown, the way it's controlled, I don't know. He's amazing. But yeah, we, yeah. we should probably get into the movie. Yep, he's really great here. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, let, let's do it. So, uh, like I said, Color of Money, uh, 1986, directed by Martin Scorsese. From Letterboxd, the hustler isn't what he used to be, but he has the next best thing, a kid who is. Former pool hustler Fast Eddie Felsen decides he wants to return to the game by taking a pupil. He meets talented but green Vincent Loria and proposes a partnership. As they tour pool halls, Eddie teaches Vincent the tricks of scamming, but he eventually grows frustrated with Vincent's showboat antics, leading to an argument and a falling out. Eddie takes up playing again and soon crosses paths with Vincent as an opponent. I know that I just said we need to get into the film, but I just thought of another question that I meant to ask you guys before we got started. And Nolan, this isn't me calling you out, but you used to have a pool table. Yeah. Would Mm -hmm. you say that you're a hustler? No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, another thing you all should know about me is uh, I'm I'm a very bad mathematician. I'm very bad at angles, geometry. This game was not but meant very, for me. You're competitive and you're good at I am, sport. I'm a very competitive person. Even so, it, it couldn't come out here. Pool just, it, it wasn't made for me. Stacy, <laughs> I would say that I was okay, not, not very good. I was okay when all my friends moved away and I was still in my hometown. Me and our friend Kirby, 
every night we would go to the bar. Okay, so it was the <laughs> bowling alley. I don't know what the name of the bar was. Had a bar connected to it. Um, I could have remembered back in the day. I could have helped out here. But, but it, not now. In Sheldon, the bar is just called the bar, right? Yeah. We went there a couple times. I think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we you would know, go and. Can I just say, I think it was called the lounge. Ooh, yeah, I think that's right. That's smoky. That's nice. The lounge. And there, there was a person that worked there that we called Smokey. Yeah, um, he was the leader of the uh, bowling alley. That's right. The leader of the bowling alley? That's right. Uh, the manager. Smokey. His, so, his name wasn't Smokey, though, just to be No, we sure. just called him that because of Big Lebowski. I like that. So, <laughs> uh, so we would go to the bar every night when I got off work, and we would just drink and play pool for like two or three hours. I mean, I've got my own stick, but it's not as cool as color of money sure you know if i ever come into wealth and i get a billiards table I, it would be something that i would love to get back into did and, you ever hustle anybody no i told you i'm not very good okay did you ever get any ladies because of your pool play no okay well i've i've seen these movies and it seems like That's women are attracted so i was just asking no. Okay. The thing is, people love to watch. Mm -hmm. They sure. love to just sit around and lurk. Mm -hmm. My dad used to, whenever he was a band manager, he would tour around. And during the summers, uh, me, my brother, for a while, toured with him as a uh, crew. He was a roadie. And he taught me how to play pool in the bars that we would play at or that my you know mm -hmm. dad would set up at. I had my own stick. I was really, really into it. And I would just, I don't know. I kind of hustled, but we weren't doing money. But people, you get these, mm -hmm. they're there in the daytime. Yeah. They're there early. The townies or the, or the yeah. people that just, that's what their routine is. They would like start playing with us or like, I wasn't doing trick shots and stuff, but I was sure. good. Were you making money? No, that's the thing is. You, you were going to bars, child prodigy? It was a really good yeah. part of my childhood. I, like I loved it. So there's something very... It makes me very happy. Uh, I'm glad you asked this question. So we did the, let's go through the cast here. We've got Paul Newman as Fast Eddie Felsen, Tom Cruise as Vincent Loria, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, if I said that right, as Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> Helen Shaver, hardly newer, as Janelle. <laughs> you made that joke in the opening credits. I did. I had to do it again. And it was just as bad. I got up to get a drink time. of water and you said that and I laughed to myself. You know I was going to bring I it know, on I here. know. I know. John Turturro as Julian. Bill Cobbs as Orvis. I'm going to stop there. We've got some more. Is anybody else? I mean, Forrest Whitaker is Amos. Forrest Whitaker does make yeah. a cameo in there. Sure. Um, let's see. Iggy the, Pop. Iggy Pop is a, has yeah. a cameo. The, the gentleman that... Uh, Buys the guns from Ray Liotta and uh, Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. Oh. He's the guy that Vince is trying to hustle in the bar at the end. That's true. Uh, of the his, movie. Yeah, but he, he is also Vinny Chase's uh, money manager on yeah. Entourage. Paul Herman. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, he's in a bunch of Scorsese films. He yeah. just shows up in little bit parts like yeah. that. Yeah. Paul Herman rules. Yeah. yeah. Good call. Also, uh, on the on the crew here, I want to say real quick, um, uh, just because we lost him this past week, uh, shout out to Robbie... Uh, Robertson from the band uh, who did the score here. All right, you guys ready to get into this thing? Mm -hmm. yeah, All right, yeah. as always, this was my first time watch, so uh, I have notes, but you guys probably going to have to help me out here some. You're good. So, well, okay, I guess, because we didn't really talk about that much like coming into the yeah, movie. Yeah, let's set up to it. So you got Tom Cruise, who's shooting up to superstardom. Top Gun's the same year. 
this is like big, big, huge year for Tom Cruise. Scorsese, I feel like, and I'm pretty sure that all the hipsters have changed this opinion over the last 10 years, but I feel like many people were down on Scorsese's 80s. I feel like a lot of people post-Raging Bull were not, at least critically and box office-wise, for the time. Because you're like talking King, of, King comedy. of Comedy, After Hours. Yeah. Uh, even this. Yeah, even this. Well, I mean, this was nominated for several Oscars and did okay, but I think this is probably seen as a for-hire film. It's not like a... Odd to me the way people view this one, because I think... and. Nolan, you can speak to this since this was your first time, but I I think this is a great, fun film. As you said, it's a pop film. It's very tonally different than The Hustler, but it still hits. Like, I love the journey we go on with Eddie. I think it's such a good story. Well, I think that's kind of what makes this movie special. And Paul Newman picked Scorsese to direct this movie um, based off of uh, enjoying Raging Bull. <laughs> so I, I think that the partnership's great. I think that having Scorsese do this type of movie makes this type of movie special. I agree. It's brilliantly directed. Uh, just like, I, I love all his, I mean, I, there's very few Scorsese movies I don't love, but all his 80 movies, 80s movies are, they hit the spot for me. So yeah, this is no if, different. If you had to pick one decade of Scorsese, what do you think is his best decade? That's a good question. I don't know, because to be he, honest. He, Stacey was making the argument that the 80s. For me, it's the 80s because- I think Raging Bull's his best film. I love After Hours. I love King of Comedy. And I love Color of Money. It's stacked. But then you have 90s. You have I 90s mean, is great. 70s is great. I'm actually going to go with his this last decade. I, I love The Irishman. I love Wolf of Wall Street. Silence. I don't know. It's hard because the 90s mean so much to me, too, with Casino and Goodfellas, which are. Yeah, but two you're not my, like a huge fan of Cape Fear, are you? I've only seen it once and it's been so long that uh, I, don't, I don't even have an opinion on it. But you fucked a Kudon. So, I've never watched Kudon. I've got to watch Kudon. <laughs> there's a, and I've never seen Age of Innocence. There's, and I've never Ooh, seen. Uh, I like that. <laughs> there's movie. a number of his I, I've yet to watch. Do you not like to, Age? So. No, I like it. I think it's one of the sexiest, like, PG movies. Ooh. Yeah, like there's a lot of hotness and in that he, film. There's something that he does in Age of Innocence that like stylistically that I really like that he also uses in Casino, the spotlighting of characters. I think he does it when he introduces Sharon Stone in Casino. Oh my God. Uh, he uses it a Ginger. lot in Age of Innocence yeah. and it's a really cool technique. We need to get into the movie. There's a lot of things I want to talk about in regards to how he shoots Bull. Thelma Schumacher, yeah. one of the best yep. to ever do it. And uh, continue. So the intro is him explaining nine ball to us. Yeah. So, okay, let's get into it. We have the uh, Scorsese voiceover. Something I don't really know if he's done before or after having his own voice Mm -hmm. as a voiceover in a movie. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, So, yeah, as Stacy just said, he's telling us about nine nine ball. I love the font harkens to like what the late 80s the bright red and the smoke mm-hmm. in the background it's so sexy i love this movie oh yeah it really puts off a vibe to mm-hmm. start and uh it got me ready for something great and <laughs> it didn't let me down we also have the robbie robertson score here and get our first peek at paul newman which i wrote just still hot yeah right off the the front here we, we meet vincent who's tom cruise i just wrote down he's a crazy asshole i love it uh, he's playing a uh, stalker which is like yep. a top-down racing game mm-hmm Yep. Have you ever played this, Stacy? <laughs> I, I played Tron. That's the machine that he's <laughs> next, right next to. to. Yeah. I asked my dad because he back in the eighties and early early nineties he had some arcades and uh, skating rinks, 
And I asked him if he ever had a stalker machine just because I was curious. And he's like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, that's <laughs> that's exactly what I thought you were going to nice. say. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Um, it looks like a top down racer kind yeah. of in the uh, uh, there's some NES games like micro machines that kind of look like that. Yeah. We uh, also meet John Turturro as Julian. And how, how it's opening here is Julian is trying to play Tom Cruise. Right. So this whole first scene it's it's kind of long for yeah. like scenes in this movie. There's so much established in this opening scene, and I love the music. Mm-hmm. It's that oh. love song ballad. It's beautiful. Collins, it's Phil, isn't it? It's Phil. Eddie, he is hustling, but he's hustling bourbon. Uh, you're introduced to him. He has essentially become the George C. Scott character from The Hustler, backing you know racehorses. That's not his. That's more of a side thing. Whiskey, that's his big thing. Um, so Julian, his partnership is kind of like small, small potatoes. Side shit. Yeah. So it's it's in this, like he's doing his business. It looks so different, but I really like how Scorsese used the Spielberg shot oh, yeah. in this movie. Yeah. But it doesn't look like the Spielberg shot, but it is. It the the camera, the racking of the camera, like coming in. To focus now, the uh, rack for close focus up is used a lot here. Obviously, we've got dolly shots. We've got his patented changing, like yes. based off of uh, AB, right? You know, conversation cutting too. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of good camera movement. Um, but I think having the the Phil Collins song with him watching Tom Cruise play, like him falling in love again mm-hmm. with Pool. Mm-hmm. through Tom Cruise. I think it's so smart. Newman was nominated for this. He won. And I know a lot of people kind of backtrack that now and they're like, well, it's because we didn't give it to the hustler. So now we got to give it, we got to give him one, mm-hmm. you know, like the, an old man, like, here you go. You you did good kid. But I think his acting in this and this scene particularly, he's doing stuff with his, like his facial movements and his eyes. The argument for not giving it to Newman in 86 is for a person who wasn't even nominated. Jeff Goldblum should have won for The Fly. Which is fair. But like there's like Newman's performance is amazing. This is one of those times where it's like that wasn't even an option. So given what we had, I'm perfectly fine with this. And I think it's the right call. Mm -hmm. Eddie is still a hell of a hustler here. We find that out pretty quickly. We then move also to Eddie uh, talking to Vincent and Carmen. Carmen being Vincent's girlfriend. And we kind of get a hint at their relationship a little bit. The movie moves along pretty fastly through here as he convinces them, hey, this is what I can do and I can help you out. Because he notices, like Stacy said, how good he is at pool. And it kind of brings his love back for the game. And it's like, hey, let's take a road trip and I'm going to make you rich. Another part of this that Mary Elizabeth is the dark horse for me of this film. While Tom Cruise is great doing what he's doing and Paul Newman is surgical with what he's doing, she is phenomenal. I was going to ask thoughts on Mary Elizabeth Mastertonio. She gets her start with Scarface being the little sister. Mm-hmm. Goes on like a six year run. Oh, yeah. Like she's the lead of the abyss after this. Mm-hmm. Made Marion in yep. the Kevin Costner Robin Hood. Yep. Like she she has a little bit of a run as the leading lady. No, I, I love her, but I think in, in or I, I don't even know that I would say I'm like that passionate about any of those other performances, but I think in this, she's she's like that secret ingredient. She's the special sauce. She's so good. And she was nominated for an Oscar. And I think this Scorsese retroactively, I don't know if people still feel this way, but the way people talked about him like in the 90s, 
I feel like people did not think that he did movies for women. Yeah. And I feel like in his movies, the ladies are always the strongest characters. They're, it's the same with Ginger and Casino. Like it's again, it's the special well, sauce. Well, even it's as so recently good. as Margot Robbie in Wolf of Wall Street, oh, like absolutely. she steals that movie. Karen is phenomenal. Margot Robbie is that? That's her first thing. The backlash he kind of got, and I, it was like minor. But the way people were talking about the Irishman with oh Anna Anna Paquin. It, it's just really, I feel like people sometimes, especially in like modern film cult, criticism culture, they get really short-sighted in that kind of make these blanket statements as Scorsese, he's, he's not good at directing women. He's not good at telling female stories. And it's like, well, I, I disagree because again, and I think this performance is a big part of that. All of the women that we've talked yeah, about. Like Irishman, I don't think it, and I feel it's because it was Anna Paquin. Had it been anybody else, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal. Like the big issue there is the, the storytelling. Yeah. One, it's about the men in the story. It's about, the, it, yeah, it's just, it's a different thing. I will say on uh, the Carmen character here, I, I really love her. And the first time that it's a scene that happens in the movie when they're in a hotel room and <laughs> she's just showering with the door open and you see just a peek. And I feel like my eyes went out like the uh, Looney Tune character and just popped out of my uh Skull. And not to spoil any anything, but if you're thinking about The Hustler, the mirrors are at play in The Hustler. And then in this, it's kind of like a a quiet callback. Yeah, definitely. What what I like about that sequence is how it builds to later when he... Uh, well, there's a reason for it. Use that in the right way. Because mm -hmm. I'm not interested. Yeah. Yep. I sure. also love that he he has the anchor of his girl at home. That he calls, which I about every twenty minutes in the movie, can and I tell it's you, awesome. It reminded me so much of Manhunter whenever he is calling, whenever he's calling back in the hotel, and it's like she's his landline, she's his anchor, and it felt it just. I love this character development for him too, where it's, I wouldn't say like more attentive to her needs. Like he's still a very, he's still all about himself. Like he hasn't grown in that way where he is like, I got to go off and do this thing. Like, yeah, we'll go to the Bahamas. Like it, it, it'll be fine. But I just, I love it. And then whenever she eventually, oh, sorry, whenever she eventually comes and joins him, I really, I like that moment a lot. I think mm -hmm. of him walking in the door and her being like, hey, Eddie, it's so sweet. Yeah, I agree. So we've got a, a road trip here with Eddie and Vincent and Carmen. Our first stop, I would like to talk about this scene a little bit. We do know Eddie has given up pool for the time being. He says it's a young man's game. Vincent is trying to hustle for the first time. You and didn't mention the balabushka. No, I did not. <laughs> go for it. Part of the convincing Vincent to go on the road trip is the gift of the balabushka. Which is a famous uh, pool cue. That's right. Do you, which, know, do you have the stats on how much that bad boy would have cost? No, but I know for a fact they they didn't use the actual one. It's a replica. Yeah, I can't find the, no, it's okay. the it's info just, on it right now. I do but, like that they're like, do you know how much that cost? Like everybody is so stunned. Oh, it was actually a Joss J18, later became known as a Joss 10 in 7, made to resemble the classic Balabushka. Balabushka is much more fun to say. That's true. Balabushka. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Yes, uh, Vincent uh, hustles a guy and... Attempts to. Attempts to hustle a guy, and he keeps beating him. He's not... He doesn't know what he's doing at this point. He gets pulled aside by Eddie. You know, what are you doing here? You need to do what I've, I've been trying to tell you to do. And he's like, I can't take this guy's me because he has a hole in his throat. Feeling sorry for the guy and we get a lot of moments where at, yeah. at this first little bit where 
Vince, it's clear that like he's got a good home life. Like his parents seem sweet. Mm-hmm. His he he works at like this children's store. Everything about him does seem very sweet, and yeah. he's just really he, again he he's good at pool. He has fun with it, but he likes to win. He's too he, and he's too wholesome to start here. He he's got a young he's dumb, get, full of calm. He's young. He's got to step up that calm. game. Yeah, but he mm-hmm. is. It's like he's brilliant, but he's a wild stallion that does not want to be broken. Right. So. Eddie tries to teach him a lesson here. Stacy, you want to tell us what happens? I love the way this is shot, too. Yeah, he he has uh, mm-hmm. Carmen leave, get the car, park it out front. And then he takes a hike. And Vincent, uh, he does lose, but he he doesn't have the money because Eddie is the one who's holding the cash. So they go on to beat the shit out of him. Teach him a lesson. So Vincent learns that uh, regardless of looks, if you're playing for money, you're not a good person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's a good scene. <laughs> and I love when they get back in the car and he's talking about he's going to jam a, like a cue down his hole. That's right. In his hole. <laughs> yeah. he's all beat up. And and then Carmen's just like, uh, by the way, nice guys finished last. So I and like. And she is mildly turned on by the fact that he sure. got beat mm-hmm. up. Definitely. Yeah. Uh Another thing I want to point out is uh, you talked about this this toy store he worked at. Child World. Yes. And at Child War- World, all the employees there wear a shirt with their names, just a black shirt with their name. Brilliant. On. I want one. Mm-hmm. It's really good. <laughs> and uh, Vincent- I'll get you guys those for Christmas <laughs> Thank matching. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, the next like day in their hotel room, like Vincent pulls that shirt out and it He's wearing it and it says Vince on it and uh, sick as fuck, obviously. I love that. But <laughs> Newman's like, leave the shirt leave on. Leave it. Leave it on. Mm-hmm. It'll be good. Yeah. So it's, it's so yeah. fucking stupid. It's so right. dumb. So after this, I don't know what town they're in or city. It, it's not really clear. Really it's say. just they're, they're, on, the they're on the road to Atlantic, Atlantic city. city. Right. But we're going to New Jersey. That's all that matters. Yes. We're in a city and they're stopping by a pool hall called Chalkies. Yeah. Is that correct? That's mm-hmm. correct. Yes. And I get that it's like a thing to do if you're an extra. They're chalking like crazy. Like yeah. they're like Everybody's really chalking. chalking it up. I'm like, your mm-hmm. cue is fine. Like it's okay. <laughs> yeah. You don't need all that, baby. Also, it's the same thing as we were talking bowling earlier. Like <laughs> all bowlers, just like before they get their ball, they're just blowing their hands. They got to put their, it in front of the Put vent. their fingers by the vents. Yeah. And- I love that they're playing uh, the Clapton song done for this movie. I That song's a banger. And the way that you, it's the way they use it. Is that what yeah. it is? Oh, so good. I, I honestly think they should have used that song for the end scene. During this scene, uh, Eddie, he's he's scoping out the the scene of this pool hall for Vincent. So we've got a dude that is the best pool player in this bar. Mm-hmm. And then we've got an older guy that I didn't really understand what he was, but uh, he is a very good pool player who he travels around. He loves playing big money, but he doesn't mind to lose. Okay. Um, but the thing is, so Newman warns uh, Vincent, if you, it's like you do not play the best player in this pool hall because you will scare off the white whale. We're, we're wanting... We're not trying to catch a guppy. We want the whale. Yeah, so we're not after $150. We're after $5,000. Yeah. yeah. Carmen gets it. She understands she to a T. She's like, this is exactly what we need to do. But Vincent, again, he's he's a tiny. He doesn't get it. He's a yeah. He's a. Mm-mm. Yeah. So a couple things happen here. One, Eddie decides to. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot some pool a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he 
shows his game to Vincent and what he what he's uh what he's working with these days. And at also in this scene, as Stacy just mentioned, he does the exact opposite thing of what Eddie tells him to do. And he takes on the dude and he just starts winning and doing things like no look shots. And there's a fallout before we get to that point, but yeah. How impressive is it that so much of this movie, it's like Tom Cruise and Paul Newman are making those shots. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. It is impressive, but it's not because we know Tom Cruise will just go. He'll just do a halo jump like it's nothing. He's always been that way. <laughs> he does every single shot in this film. That's except for it's towards the, the one end. where they use the weird slow like motion. slow motion. Yeah. It's the. It's the one where he jumps the ball. It like skips over two balls to hit one in the pocket. And Scorsese said he knew that Tom Cruise could do it. He could learn it. I of love that even I love that even then it's like the crazy mm-hmm. dedication to all of his roles. It like, would just take too long. I think the film was shot in like less than 50 days. Yeah, he's like, we we don't have time to wait around. So we do have to get someone. But every other shot is him yep. and Paul Newman. It's crazy. So, yeah, uh, Eddie, Eddie is mad. He He leaves the bar. Uh, Vincent continues to play. Uh, he starts just showboating say, and they have a little bit of a quick montage and he's saying like a lot of guys doing it, a lot of guys doing it as he just keeps winning the games. And, uh, towards the end of this, he's like, only one guy can be the best. And so Eddie and Vincent kind of have their first quarrel quarrel that uh, they would have a few of Eddie leaves, uh, Vincent and, uh, just kind of as sick of his smugness and his smart assery, I wrote down. You know, Carmen leaves. Uh, Vincent makes her leave because he thinks the guys are too rough. Eddie tells him, like, she's already packing, man. Like, she's bored of you. She's a girl that needs excitement. She needs the next bright, shiny thing, and you're not it anymore. That also is fueling his, I'm not going to leave because, she, or I'm not going to lose because she, I got to be the best so that she's, like, attracted. One, he's just that type that a type personality where I am number one, numero uno, him looking at all these guys in the pool hall. He's like, you need to leave. These guys are too tough. This is the thing that cuts him and really pisses him off. And she's like, I've dated meaner than this. You're nothing. Mm-hmm. This is nothing. And it incites something in him. That's he's just so trigger happy and possessive. You need to leave. He like starts pulling on her and stuff. So she finally, Eddie's like, just go back to the hotel. Yeah. And he's not listening to Eddie. So Eddie leaves him there yeah. and Cruz is like, you know, what, what's going on? I won $150. This is great. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you fucked it up. And so Vincent walks home. So Eddie, he, he's, uh, in his room and he finally goes, uh, to get them. He finds out that Vincent, Went back out. Went back, took the stick, Mm -hmm. and went back to the pool hall. And this is where we get the best sequence of the movie, (laughs) where Werewolves of London is playing. Yeah. And Tom Cruise runs the table. It is so impressive. Acting out parts of the song. When it starts with, it's on Paul Newman's face in the car, and he's just pissed. He's he's fucking this whole thing up. He's going to ruin the whole gambit. Like, he's, he's fucking it up. And then you go in, and it's just this dazzling scene of Tom Cruise being 80s Tom Cruise, like, movie star. It's so good. Yeah, and it's a wonderful marriage of just someone who's insane and will make himself have any skill uh, in Tom Cruise. Because running the table like that. It's insane. Scorsese, who is filming all of it, brilliantly you can imagine as the camera is moving around this table and it dips down or dips to the crowd well, or yeah. focuses on Tom Cruise that somebody's on that table setting a ball or like pointing exactly where to hit it is so well orchestrated like this sequence is 
to me as impressive as any like fight choreography or like John Wick shootout. Yeah. Like it is so well done. The Werewolves of London song with just Tom Cruise charisma that just adds to it. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. Yeah, yeah, it's a great scene. It's one of my favorites in the movie as well. Just yeah, like you said, the way it's shot, just everything about it. It's it's in the the song choice. Yeah. But I just, the cut from Newman to Tom, it's it's just so good. I I forgot to say one thing uh, real quick. When when Eddie and Carmen are having their little dust up in the hotel, one of my favorite lines of the movie is when he kind of rips into her, kind of shoves her up against the shower wall, basically. She's she's intentionally, like, he knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. It's like she, it's such a natural thing to fall into for her. Cause yeah. you can tell she's kind of like almost like a Catwoman type character. Like yeah, she's like sure. very slinky and into the night and just kind of doing, she's doing stuff for her own enjoyment. And so she's yeah. along with Vince for the ride. Like it's fine, sure. but she'll go on to the next thing. Right. But I, him being Eddie being so mad and being like, okay, yeah, let's go and slamming her up against the wall in the bathroom. Yep. It's so good. And the line he says is, I hope I wrote it down right, but he's, Says something to the effect of, I ain't your boyfriend and I ain't your father, so don't treat me like either. He's like, I ain't your daddy, I ain't your boyfriend, <laughs> don't treat so, me like either. I just wanted to throw that in there. I really like, it's it's a really good scene. And then as it like connects with this scene, it just makes for really compelling watch. As Stacy said, Cruz is killing it, oozing with charisma. <laughs> uh, after this, uh, we do get a scene where Eddie and Vincent kind of make up finally. They're having breakfast at a diner together. Uh, him and Carmen and oh, he's like, all right, we're going to do this thing. You can leave if you want, but we got to do this thing the right way. And we're going to do something called two brothers and a stranger. And so I love the editing here. Like yep. two brothers, a stranger. And we're like, oh, they're going to explain it. No, just because it goes right into, into, into the scene. Scorsese style of let me show you. Yeah. So Stacy, you want to talk us through this scene? Yeah. So go to a pool hall. <laughs> Newman comes in. As uh, Vincent's been playing some pool, kind of back and forth with this fella, uh, just small time. Newman comes in with uh, Carmen, and they sit at the bar. They're like wrapped they're up in each all other, all over each other. And Vincent's getting real pissed. Newman's <laughs> just taking it on, and eventually, like he gets himself in the game. He's like, "Yeah, I'll I'll do a side bet." Why not make it five hundred dollars? And it's like, whoa, whoa, old timer. We're just playing for like small bucks. And then you have the, just the wonderful cap to this scene with the bartender saying, "Well, why not a thousand? Boom, mm-hmm. hammer drops. <laughs> Cut to them counting yep. money. <laughs> and yep. Vince being pissed. Vince, Vince is super mad at at Eddie because of the way he was handling Carmen, and he and, was handling her. Yeah, full on the full on the took yeah. us. And they're both like. Look, you know, it was acting. You got to do this if you want to play the game. Eddie really is into his girlfriend. Yeah. I could see you thinking like, oh, is this going to dip into something more complicated? It doesn't. Yeah. And it's perfect for it. Mm-hmm. And, I love that it doesn't. Yeah, for sure. And right after this, we get a montage, which I another scene I love in this movie. It's more Scorsese's great at montage. And here it's just really well done. And then it ends with, Kind of, we get an Iggy Pop cameo of him beating him at pool. In, and a, in a fabulous shirt. <laughs> yeah. Attack of the 50-foot woman shirt. Yeah, yeah I, f- I feel like, I'm like, is that just something, did Iggy just show up like, okay, I'm here? <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
All right. Uh, next, what I've got going, if you guys want to change something, yeah, let no, me know. Uh, I've got, is it Grady Seasons? Is that yep. his name? I All right. Grady, yeah, I think that's right. What we've been told is this guy is one of the best pool players around. and For money. For money, Not yes. professional, for but money. hustler. Right. Yeah. So Eddie is like, hey, let's hustle this guy. Uh, and even Vince knows who, who it is. Am I wrong or doesn't like... Vince go back to like the old ways and should be hustling him, but he just wants to beat him because if he's the best, that personality of Vincent is like, no, I, I want to show how good I am. He only beats him the one round because, and then at the, yeah, it's because he's trash talking. Uh, he's like, isn't this a nightmare? It just keeps getting worse. And then after like Vince, he sinks the nine ball and it's like, Oh, you know, and then uh, Carmen comes over and it's like, if you win the next round, you will be fucking your hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll be humping your hand. And I love, she goes up and bites his lip and she's like, do you understand? Yeah. And the reason they're doing this is because once they get to Atlantic City, the whole thing in it's about odds. So if he loses to the best money player at pool, then his odds going into Atlantic City is going to be lower. It's right. for the long game. It's not for anything going on at this pool. Mm -hmm. Which Carmen understands. Eddie understands. Vince, he doesn't get it because that competitive nature is just gets the better of him every time. Yep. He's a bucking Bronco. Yep. Eddie, has he decides he's going to break his pool stick out on his own. We get a cameo from the great force Whitaker here. He's yep. in it for just oh. a second. I'm sorry, I was mistaken. So you you're talking about Eddie takes the stick yes. and yeah, yeah, he's yeah. gonna go out and play. Yes. yes. Yeah. I thought you meant Vincent. No, no, no. Yeah. No, so you're right. Uh -huh. Yeah. He goes out to to do some hustling. And yes, so he he kind of meets his match in the Forrest Whitaker well, character. He, the thing is, he's not really. I don't think he was going out to hustle. I think he, he just really, wanted to play some pool. He just wanted to play pool because he is now in the thick of it, and right. he he's loving pool again through Vincent's talent and just that fire. And then whenever he, which not to step on your words. No, no, go for there, it. Deeper in the rounds yeah. with Forrest, he's like. I believe Amos, I should have said that. Yeah, yeah, it's Amos. Amos. And it dawns on him, you're hustling me. Taken aback by it. Yep. <laughs> I love it because again, it's just revving up that fire again to set yeah. on what happens with Eddie. Oh, I think the Forrest Whitaker scene's brilliant. Breaks Eddie a little bit and he is really drunk and he yeah. kind of has a, a breakdown. Carmen and Vincent come to the bar as he's finishing up and another kind of Eddie can't handle this, the situation. It's wonderful character development for Eddie that up until this scene, the entire passion is the money. Mm -hmm. He says as much. Constantly. Whoever has the most, that's the best. But really seeing Vincent play as well as he does passion for him is the game that was stolen from him 25 years ago. There's no reason that he can't do that now. It's just because he doesn't. He does mention his eyesight and stuff throughout the film. Mm -hmm. And he knows that Amos is hustling him through the whole sequence because he asks him, like, are you hustling me? Are you a hustler? Are you a hustler? But it doesn't matter, like, because deep down, like, he knows what he was then and he wants to prove that he's still that man, but he he can't yet. I think it's very good development. Him and Amos have had the conversation, and Amos takes his money and leaves. And then 
Newman goes over to grab his coat off the hook on the wall and you have this shot of where it's Newman in the foreground and then you have in the background it's Carmen and Vince. Mm -hmm. They let it hang for a while and uh, Eddie's just talking to himself and just like begins to spiral and I imagine it's a feeling a lot of people have where it's like you're kind of trapped in your own body and he has the talent he knows he can do it and Mm -hmm. so he kind of gets defeated in that moment and the breakdown and the control and then Eddie and Carmen coming over and being like no man you know it's it's trying to like band-aid it and he's just crying yep in front of them. Yeah, it just, it all breaks down. They essentially have a breakup between Eddie and Vincent. Yeah, he says, how much money do you need to get to Atlantic City? Yep. I'm going off. Gets him, gets him the money, leaves. We get uh, kind of another montage scene with Eddie trying to get his game back. We have him. I love that it cuts to the eye examination. Going to the eye exam, yeah. Uh-huh. Another so good. strong Again, edit right the there. The editing in, in this segment yep. is, it's all great. Eddie, in, after he gets his eyes worked on, he starts doing a little more hustling on his own and starts getting back in the game. I love the exchange in a lot of these scenes. So he's like, he goes and he's like, he plays Mm -hmm. an older woman. He plays like kind of a dumpy looking guy. Yeah. And I love the exchange where he gives them a hundred dollars and then it always ends with them giving him like 200 or 300 Mm -hmm. and it's little by little building his bank again. Yep. And his confidence. That's right. In fact, that confidence grows and he's like, you know what? I'm going to Atlantic city. Mm -hmm. So that's where, the movie moves to with the nine ball classic tournament and all our guys are going to be there. We have a tournament with all these different players that kind of yeah. make money for John Turturro's back. Like yeah. we, all of the yeah, players a, are kind of back in it. Uh, it's a nine ball tournament. Uh, the big betting happens in the green room. Uh, once people get knocked from the tournament uh, in between rounds, whatever. And that was the initial mission. All right was to make money off of the green room. Yeah. But Newman, he goes there to win it all. He ends up defeating John Turturro, which I don't think we ever talked about with that character, kind of the old and new new school way of thinking. They they talk about like the young guys, how like nine ball. They, they always have, yeah, nine ball for one, where it's like faster, it's not as elegant as pool. Yeah. Also cocaine, being like such a big part of the sport at that time mm-hmm. versus, you know, drinking in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's more Eddie's speed. So he does beat Julian and he he proceeds through the tournament. And I love it when he beats the uh, the heavier set dude and the guy's like, I mean, I just did not deserve that. And he's like, yes, you did. <laughs> like, yeah. that's so good, just asserting his dominance. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really good. And and it caps off like wonderful for Eddie to wear the girlfriend over the phone, the Bahamas. She shows up in the hotel room. I love it. He gets like his like mojo back. Mm-hmm. He ends up in a match with Vince and Vince loses. So well shot. Just the back and forth. Like they have a battle. Do, do you want me to keep going? Yeah, I, I just want to say real quick in that match between them. I didn't know where the movie was going at yeah. this point. And I didn't know how I hadn't looked to see where we were at time-wise. And it didn't feel right because it didn't feel like this was the an climax, end. But I was yeah. like, is he gonna win? And then it just You're like, does, does felt, someone have a comeback? Something fell this? off. Yeah. So I knew there was more to it, but I it made sense when it happened. But yeah. I, at the time I was like Perfect. a little confused. Yeah. yeah. So go on. <laughs> he beats Vince. And then Vince shows up at the hotel room with a envelope full of money. 
$8,000. So come to find out, uh, Vince made a side bet and put all of his money on Eddie, made a fortune, and is now going to do the original plan of just playing people yep. well, in the green room. Yeah, because whenever he... Just to make bank. He reveals it. He's like, I've got green room games for the next three nights. Yeah. So I'm going to make money. <laughs> At that moment, Eddie, it's like he can't stomach it. And he has his girlfriend there who is kind of like his his anchor, his moral compass. And he goes into the next game and forfeits. Oh, I love at the end of the scene in the hotel room with them delivering the money and then they leave. He says the thing about the green rooms and he's like, you know, if you want to in on it. And he goes, yeah, maybe Eddie's girlfriend sitting on the bed and she gets up to go to the bathroom. And I love she's just like cocky little shit or whatever. Mm -hmm. She's like, she's little like prick. yeah, she's not really she's seen him at her bar but she's not really been a part of it other than just Eddie calling and he's not really telling her what all's going on with the kids. Like, in fact, he just like, you know, they're kids. Like, that's what he tells her. And I just love her like immediately clocking him of like, this dude's, this little dude's a, a shit. Well, <laughs> it, like Vince's character change over the last three weeks is extreme. Very cool as a cucumber. He understands the game. He's playing everybody. Yeah. So Eddie throws the game. And he he gives the money back to Vincent. Yeah, too. he gives the money back because the thing is, if Eddie won the tournament, that doesn't mean anything because he didn't because he his. didn't beat the best. Yep. So the whole thing is just being the best. So baiting Vincent into taking that game in the side room. I don't have to keep talking about shots, but. I this it's like you have Carmen kind of in the front off to the corner you've got both the men behind the pool tables and then you've got I can't remember her name Eddie's girlfriend out in the back like just standing there looking and mm -hmm. she's like the only one with the light on her yep. phenomenal incredible yeah and you know Vincent's like I'm gonna I'm gonna beat your ass and Eddie just gives great maybe here but if you if I don't beat you here I'll beat you in Houston I'll beat you in Dallas. Uh, like, but I'm going to chase you I until want I beat you. Game. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. want your best. Yep. And you have the wonderful them choosing to see who's going to break. And they do that. And then the camera comes in close and it's Newman getting down. He's just, I'm back. Yeah. Credits. You know what? Um, Not quite the same, but what the, in the very end that what this reminded me of a little bit was uh, the end of Rocky Three, <laughs> where um, they both are getting ready to fight each similar. other. Uh, like, yeah, he's not, like, not it, obviously not the same just circumstances. Just the ding of the bell. Yeah, just I'm the back. like. <laughs> I like that a lot. I, I was just do too. No, thinking that's of good. that freeze frame towards I like the end. This <laughs> is the same flavor. I get. I get sure. what you're saying. Yeah, but yeah, it, I really like this ending a lot. So since you were kind of like, wait, where are we going? Once, yeah. Once you figure out, oh, okay, so he he full he intentionally yeah. through the game so were you like oh shit or where were you thinking at that point in my, i really wasn't sure in my mind a part of me thought they're gonna play pool and newman's gonna win considering some of the things that happened in the hustler were you ever and there's like weird foreshadowing where you're like mm -hmm. where's this going right. like what are we doing did yeah. you think it was gonna take a darker turn than obviously i, I did at times yeah especially after he after he forfeited i was like Okay, I don't think we have a lot of time left. And I think I, in my mind, I was like, 
since their fir- that match between Vince and Eddie was kind of anticlimactic, I was like, all right, we're going to have a big pool showdown here at the end. <laughs> but I'm glad it didn't go that route. I, I like what it did because it makes more sense contextually. And also, it what uh, Newman's, uh, Eddie's character is yeah. going through mentally. Well, yeah. and it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter if he wins that night or a month from mm-hmm. now. That's what he said, yeah. You know he's that he's going to win. Well, and the cool thing about that, too, is that also gives, so since he would be chasing Vince, but it also gives Vince, I think he needs that sort of, that fire, because he's someone that's going to burn out really fast because it's like he's so good. So mm-hmm. I think having kind of that comp- competitor after him is good for both of them in yeah. a way. For me, this ending, that line, that's just one of the great endings to a movie. The original John Wick. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> if John Wick would have ended in the church and left everything else, you know, sure. ambiguous, <laughs> that didn't happen. No, they're letting you know everything about the John Wick world. Yeah. They want you to know that John Wick gets smaller and that's smaller right. as the world gets that's right. bigger. Paul, Paul Newman walked so John Wick could run. <laughs> and he does. And fall down some stairs. Yep. That's right. And then get back up and then take yeah. a pencil and murder five. So yeah. good. Yep. But yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm just going to say I, I love this movie. I'm glad you chose it, and I'm glad I watched it. Another Scorsese off the list, and uh, I'll be watching it again and again, I hope, in life. <laughs> this or The Hustler for you? This. Nice. Yeah. But liked both movies, but yeah, I mean, I just, you know, Scorsese's filmmaking, his directing here is just, yeah, it, for, it, it's great. Yeah, so. for me, I think this is like one of those... I like the sequel more than the original. Where we go with Eddie, that character is so perfect. And I love everything that happens in the first film, the kind of the tenderness with his woman. I really like, he's still got his issues, but he's moved forward in a way that feels very realistic for someone that went mm-hmm. through all of that. I, don't get me wrong. I, I think The Hustler is a very good movie. Oh, it's great. It's yeah. phenomenal. But uh, yeah, just just what's done here, it compels me a, a little more. In, in the this filmmaking. movie, I know it's it's shorter than The Hustler, but this film flies by it for does. me. It has a good the Hustler pace. is sure. slow. I kind of wish that Scorsese would have taken another stab at a new movie like this. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like a sports movie or a dad's movie or anything. But well, like, like name something like what type of thing? Like a for hire, just pop film that he can lend his sensibilities to. While I would say After Hours is kind of a pop film, I also think it's, it is an art film. Like it is very esoteric and coked up. It, yes, it is heavy it's out there it's it's funny it's it's this, sad it does a lot of things color of money as much as i love it it's very easily digestible anybody it, it's for anybody it's not just a scorsese watch, fan it's, you don't have to watch the hustler to pick this one up right at all mm-hmm. and like i said it, it's a dad's movie <laughs> and i kind of wish like he would have taken some more stabs like this i i think if we had more just pop blockbusters directed by Scorsese, the world would be a better place. You know who I also wish would do that, which he never will Tarantino, which is I, people should do whatever they want to do as artists. They get that the whole like 10 and die. I, I right. think it's dumb. Sure. I think he'll go to t- television. If anything, like, I don't think he's just going to go away, but I, I think if he would have picked up something like for hire with his style and st- it could have been cool. Yeah, no, I agree. Highs and lows. I guess I'll start today. My high here. I'm, redundant but uh the werewolves of london scene like <laughs> stacy already mentioned i mean 
a scene, a movie full of good scenes, but man, the perfect music choice and just the energy in that scene. And, and as Stacy mentioned, Cruz's charisma, it all just adds up to just great filmmaking. So, uh, the low point for me, man, I don't really have a lot, but I will not say enough John Turturro. Yeah, uh, for sure. Not <laughs> enough John Turturro. I was a little bummed on that, <laughs> but, um, uh, I don't know. I'm just picking nits here. Maybe the, the middle of the film, there's a number of makeups and breakups. Not it, again. It didn't bother me. I'm just trying to say something. Could it maybe done with, with maybe just a little less of that? I don't know. Make them laugh moment. I'm going to say just Tom Cruise's animated self, him taking the pool stick and like using it like he's karate, he's doing karate or using it like a baton, all these things, like as he's kicking ass at pool. And it really made me laugh. So he's always been a charismatic figure. Mm -hmm. And I love that even at this early point in his career, he was doing the same. So I'll go next because I wrote down my make him laugh is Tom Cruise samurai sorting with his cue. Nice. It's and it's the intro part where he's like re, he, and he does it like Werewolves of London. He also does it. It, it is so entertaining. I'm sure mm -hmm. there's bloopers like sure. extra footage of him whirling that thing around. My high it is the Werewolves of London sequence, but to be different, I'm gonna say it's Paul Newman. Mm. Like just in general, I think he's so good in this role in this chapter of the Eddie story. I just, I really love it. The wardrobe, everything on him. Like he, man, he's wearing the hell out of those turtlenecks mm -hmm. and suits and those glasses. Oh, yeah. He looks incredible. Um, I really love the, like the wine red. Oh, on him. so good. Mm -hmm. The wine red turtleneck. Yep. And he has got like an overcoat on it. Yep. And then those glasses. Mm -hmm. So cool. And then my low, hang on. I'm going to see it wrote down a low. <sighs> it's hard. I, I think this movie is really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> My low, I, you know what, this is kind of an, an abstract low, but I just don't like the way people talk about this film and compare it like in comparison to the hustler. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's such a good follow-up. I think it's such a good standalone. And I just, I really love this movie. So I would say more the fact that it doesn't get recognized more, even in Scorsese's uh, discography, like it's, it's sure. solid. I love this film. So I'd say that's maybe my low. My high point. I mean, I think the werewolves of London scene like you guys this is the best scene in the movie. My high point, I'm going to go with the end. I love the I'm back. Mm -hmm. I think it's very badass. It's a great way to end a movie. My low point, I guess, would just be the character development for Vincent seems and I don't I don't dislike it. It just seems the timing doesn't make sense. Like it's quick three weeks to be a expert hustler and asshole. It's such a change from when Eddie leaves him. So it had it been like three months. Yeah, that I would have been different. It's quick. Carmen, I could see her really taking on the Eddie role and being like, you're going to do this because you're not getting anything from me if you don't. So I could see her mm -hmm. being very effective for like a Pablo's dog type thing. Sure. But it's quick. My make him laugh. Uh, Tom Cruise just being insane. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Highly entertaining. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Melanie, do we have an MFK today? You know we do. Okay. So if we're ready, I must ask both of you. Mary, fuck, kill. Fast Eddie. Vince. Or Carmen. Uh, I'll start. I I'm effing Carmen. Um, <laughs> just hands down. Uh, I'm marrying. I'm going to marry Eddie. I like the older the older fox here. And uh, also, 
his hustling does it for me. His, I don't know, just just his his character. I really like him. And then I'm killing Tom Cruise uh, because it's Tom Cruise, and uh, I don't like I don't like. <laughs> I love that you just left it as Tom Cruise. <laughs> Look, That's great actor, but I don't. I, okay, I'm sorry. I'm I'm choosing Vincent here, not Tom Cruise. I apologize to go. everyone. That's better. Okay, you know, look, Vince. I just don't have the time for him. He doesn't seem like he listens very well. I think, I don't think he would be a very giving lover. No, no, and uh, I don't know why Carmen stayed with him as long as she did. To be honest, so That's fair. I think he's just done. So I'm I'm done with him too. It's fair. Sadly, I'm going to agree with Nolan. Oh, wow, uh, this might be a first. Yeah, I'm going to marry Fast Eddie. Uh, I think that I'm not going to have to worry about anything ever again because he's just going to figure it out. Paul Newman, sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to fuck Carmen because yep. I'm going to kill Vincent. Mostly because I probably could. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, what, he's like five foot nothing. I think Carmen actually could. Yeah, I think she'd give Carmen you a run. <laughs> she'd give you a run for your money. Yeah, yeah. so we'll, we'll just go with that. Path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's the exact same. Oh, man. I'm No, I'm fully like. We just strike a turkey? Yep. The, it doesn't happen very often. The cinema parlor golden turkey. Yeah. I think that's what you called it last time, too. <laughs> I think it's only happened like two, three times, maybe. This might be our third. But yeah, I think for all the reasons, Eddie is like, he's just, you know what? Like, Tom Cruise in the role is very entertaining. Mm-hmm. I would, Eddie is the type of person in real life that would annoy the shit out of mm-hmm. me. Or yeah, sorry, Vincent. Oh, Vince, yeah. Sorry. Mm. No, Vincent's the type of person that would annoy the shit out of me. If I was trying to play pool and there was just somebody like showboating that hard mm-hmm. to watch on screen, it's fun to see him in real life. You'd be like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Just shut up. Just play. I, yeah, man. Like, unless I was like slightly inebriated and on the sidelines, just enjoying it. Maybe he was a guy like, when I was in high school and I was a very competitive baseball, uh, I played baseball, but mm-hmm. I would have like, man, I just, I would have wanted to mm-hmm. just take him out. It's, you know? it's very annoying. It's a very it. annoying type attitude, but yeah, I marrying <laughs> Eddie. And honestly, I would be fine to be in a throuple with him and his lady. Like I'm, I'm down for all of it. Yeah. I I'm into it. And yeah, yeah Carmen's a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful lady. True. So yeah. Well, look, sometimes, you have to agree on things, and we all agreed today. <laughs> we really did it. We did the thing. We did the thing. Well, this has been fun, guys. Stacy, great movie to bring to the table. It was a fun conversation. I feel like this was a tight little episode. Yeah, we did. I don't think I'll have to cut that much. Yeah, how about that? Dang. Feeling good. Please follow us at Cinema Parlor on Twitter, on Instagram. Obviously, uh, find us on Apple Podcast Center, Spotify, on SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a star rating and review if you would. You can find me personally at Chuck Madden Jr. on Letterboxd. Glover 84 on Letterboxd. Plastic Werewolf on all social media. All right. This has been Real Guys. Um, if you have a local pool hall, do some hustling this uh, week. You Show know, them what you're made of. Get some money off these you bitches. You keep saying hustling. Do you, you know that's not just playing pool, right? Do whatever you got to do. I don't care. Just hustle. No, no, it's like do the uh, hustle. lying about how good you are at a thing and making money off it. I do that every day. You don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you would even be comfortable actually hustling somebody. I think you'd be very uncomfortable. No, I'd be you'd awful be a fish at it. Out of water. I wouldn't do it right. You're a nightmare. No. All right. See y'all. Bye. Bye.
Eddie, what are you gonna do when I kick your ass? Pick myself up and let you kick me again. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just don't put the money in the bank, kid. Because if I don't whip you now, I'm gonna whip you next month in Dallas. You mean Houston? There's nothing coming up in Dallas. Houston, Dallas. And if not then, then the month after that in New Orleans. Oh, yeah? What makes you so sure? real distracting for me there, the way all of those pool balls bounced around like that. And the scene gets even worse as it goes on. That's not pool, that's gimmickry. It looked like it was set up for a TV commercial or something. And it's all the more disappointing because The Color of Money was directed by Martin Scorsese, who is one of the two or three best movie directors around today. And it revisits some of the hard-boiled pool halls that he also explored in his great 1973 movie, Mean Streets. But this film is a disappointment. It doesn't have the interior energy and the drive and the obsession of most of the best Scorsese films, films like Raging Bull and Taxi Driver, and a lot of the time it's just a standard sort of predictable narrative. The performances in the movie seem strong enough in and of themselves, but somehow they never really connect. You never, you get the idea of the relationships, but you never really feel the passion. And there's one more big problem. The movie leads us right up to the brink of a big payoff, a final showdown between Newman and Cruz, and then it doesn't deliver. Now sure, I know, they probably thought it was irrelevant who would win the final big game between the old man and the kid. Well, that's a great theory, but in practice, I felt cheated. I didn't like the ending either, and the last shot of the movie I really didn't like, but I, th I want to get into the other reason why I didn't like the movie, and I was shocked because he's one of my favorite directors too. Mm -hmm. I think it's the script here. I don't think that I've seen a movie by such a great director where I've been able to predict what's going to happen. At first, the kid is just a pure player, and he's sort of a rock and roller, almost like the character he played in Top Gun, a hot shot, and he's going to have to be trained by the, the wise old guy. Mm -hmm. Then he's going to go along, and then they're going to break up and pull apart, and then they're going to square so, off. So, so this far, movie, we've got the, the karate kid, the, right? the, the design of this movie, the overall design, mm -hmm. is just known right from the beginning, and there wasn't anything that surprised me. Now, the characters are, 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 are fine, but the script isn't good. It's the old man and the young kid and linear, linear, just yeah. as we've seen it in so many other movies. You expect with Scorsese more character things, more twists, not just that the point is to tell the story. That's right. not what you expect. That's what's right. interesting in the movie are the corners. For example, Helen Shaver as Newman's girlfriend. Terrific, terrific role. Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio as Cruz's girlfriend. Yeah. They're interesting. They're giving some personality things. But the two main actors seem to be locked in this plot. Yes, I wish there had been more with the women and less of the obvious pool fights in the way it's all going to turn out. Werewolves,